Happy Monday and welcome to another episode of the Equestrian Performance Mindset Podcast. I am Jocelyn Liliano, I'm an event writer and mindset coach and of course also your host for this podcast. And I am absolutely thrilled that you decided to tune in today because together we are going to make sure that you start making strides in your mindset so you can truly make strides in your riding. Hey, how are you doing? I hope you've gotten off to an amazing start of the week. Me, myself, I have a little bit of a cold today, but as they say in Moulin Rouge, the show must go on. So I'm not going to allow that to hold me back to record this episode today. I hope you don't mind me having a little bit of a blocked nose, sounding a bit special today. But hey, I'm just enthusiastic as usually, so let's kick on with this episode today. And what we are going to be talking about today is feelings. So the way that you feel why you feel like that and what you can do to make yourself feel better. Uh, And as always, as you probably figured out by now, I always like to start with the why. So why is it important to feel good? And actually, I would like to ask you this question. Why do you think it's important for you to feel good? If you think about your performance, do you think you're going to be performing better or worse if you're feeling good? In which state do you think you're going to be much more likely to take action? Do you take more action when you're feeling bad or when you're feeling good? When we talk about your riding, are you riding better or are you riding worse if you're feeling good? And since we're talking about horses, do you think your horse is going to be reacting better to you or worse to you if you're feeling good? Have you experienced that they are reflecting your mode? I can only talk for myself, but I can really notice if I would be stressed and I'm coming to the stable and I'm starting to saddle up, like I can really see my horse also becoming stressed of that. So this is for us as a question, even a bigger motivation, I think, to make sure that we feel good, that we are not stressed out, that we are in a, in a good state of mind, because otherwise the horses will take that on and they will start to act out more. So I don't know exactly what your answers were to those questions, but either way to me, I've discovered that making sure that I feel good throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month has been extremely important for me to ensure I become a better rider and I just am more successful throughout my life. So the first point I want to talk about today is there's two states of being. So when I say states of being, I'm talking about one state which is called the feel-good state and another state that is called the suffer state. So a feel-good state, those are all the positive feelings. Feelings like happiness, joy, love, calm, passion, connection, presence, empowering thoughts, empowering feelings. Everything that is high energy, everything that's exciting, everything that makes you feel good. It's when you are intentional. So when you put intentional effort into making sure that you are feeling good. You're doing things for yourself to make sure that you feel good. You ask yourself questions like, what's good in my life and in this particular situation? Then, of course, we also got the suffer state. So the suffer state is basically all kind of negative feelings. 
For example, stress, depression, anxiety, worry, frustration, anger. When you're not feeling present, when you're just like living on autopilot, there's are kind of disempowering feelings and you have a low energy overall. You go on autopilot and you're asking yourself what's wrong about the situation, what's wrong about my life, what's everything that's bad about my life. So what's important to understand that there's actually no other states in which you can be. You're either in the feel-good state or you're in the suffer state. You can be in varying levels of each of them, but you're always in one of them. So as I said, like you can be like really, really, really suffering or you can be feeling really, really, really good. And the question I want to ask you, throughout the day, which state do you find yourself in the most? What percentage would you say that you spend in the suffer state versus the feel-good state? And when I ask like my clients this question, most, most of them will answer, yeah, no, I'm, I'm most of the time in the feel-good state. And, you know, if that's the case, that's amazing. That's, that's great. But the thing is, most of us think that we spend a lot of time in the feel-good state. Well, actually, we aren't. So I'm just going to take myself an, as an example here. So I'm a really, really, really positive person. Like basically everyone who knows me, if they would describe me with one word, most people say, you're really positive. So even though I am a really positive person, I've always been like this since I was a kid. I realized that even I spend a lot of time in suffer state. What are examples of things that like times and moments where I spend in suffer state? It's when I worried about what other people thought of me. I was doubting, doubting myself. I was feeling anxious for a show or a training. I was allowing automatic responses. So automatic responses from like my paradigm to completely take over. I was allowing things to make me angry. I was allowing things to make me upset, feeling frustrated. I was worrying about money and I was feeling stressed at work. I was also feeling stressed about being late, like basically all the time. Like this was a huge one for me. Um, I always say that I was, I, was, I was born two weeks too late and therefore I spent my entire life trying to catch up. But really those are just bullshit excuses. At the end of the day, I was just being late to everything. That, that, that was the fact. And this was causing me to be in a stressful, suffer state for most of the time. So my point here, that even me, that am known for being a really, really positive person, even I used to spend the biggest part of my day in suffer state. So I would all like to ask yourself again, bearing this in mind and understanding what kind of things that actually are suffer state... If you're being 100% honest with yourself throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month, which state do you find yourself in the most? What percentage would you say that you spend, like what percentage of the day would you say you spend in the suffer state versus the feel-good state? Now, the thing is that most people, absolutely the biggest, biggest amount of people, they do spend most of the time in their suffer state experiencing negative feelings. Now you might ask yourself, well, why is this? I mean, at the end of the day, if you ask someone, most of us say that we want to be happy, but still we spend most of the, our time in suffer state. So why is this? Well, first of all, our paradigm. 
So it's something that I talked about a lot in the last two episodes. So if you haven't listened to those and you want to know more about what your paradigm is, I would advise you to go back and listen to those. But basically what it is, it's your belief system. It's your subconscious thought patterns. It's your automatic responses. So if something happens, the way you react without thinking about it. So to go back to the example where I say like I've always been late to everything. This is an this is a habit that I took on from my dad. My dad used to be late to everything. He's not anymore. So that if you're listening to that, like you, you've really improved. I'm super impressed with the work that you've done. But that doesn't matter because the thing is, I took over those habits when I was a kid. And when I was a kid, my dad used to be late to a lot of things. Nothing bad with that. It's just a fact that those, that habit, like that mirrored onto me. That was something that I was modeling. It was something that I took over, which nowadays when, when I grow up was something that caused me to spend a lot of time in suffering because of that. So because of my paradigm, the way I was programmed as a kid, I now as a grown-up spend a lot of time in suffer state. But this is not what I want to be focusing on mainly in this episode. So as I said, if you want to know more about this, how we can change your paradigm, go back and listen to those episodes. What I want to focus on today is actually the second part and the second reason why we put ourselves into suffer state. And this is something as basic as survival. So the one of the few things that our brain focuses on the most, one of the most important things to our brain is to keep us alive. So our brain is going to consider everything important that could be a possible threat to our survival. How is it going to do this? It's going to keep on asking things like, is this a possible threat? What could be a possible threat? What is it that you fear? Uh, what are th- all the things that could possibly go wrong so that it would be prepared in case it went wrong? It's going to ask the questions like, what are, what are all the things that we don't want to happen? Because things that we don't want to happen could be a possible threat. What are all the things that could go wrong? And let's face it, all those questions are going to put us into suffer states. Because if we focus on all the things that can go wrong, we are going to become stressed, anxious, nervous, all those like negative emotions that I just talked about earlier, all those emotions that put us into suffer state, those are the ones that are going to be created. And another way of saying this is that your brain is a problem-solving device. So your brain is in constant search for problems that it can solve. And what is a problem in this instance? A problem is something that could be a threat to your survival. So an unresolved problem is basically a threat to the brain. And it go, it's going to keep on searching for problems, even though there actually aren't any. So it's going to create problems out of things that aren't actually problems. And it's going to put you in that suffer state for no actual reason, just in case. So I don't know about you, but I often used to experience, I was worried about something, well, actually... It wasn't a problem at all. And if I would sit down and actually map it out and journal about it or write it down, 99% of the time I came to the conclusion, oh, this, is, this is not even a problem. Like, why did my brain make a problem out of this? Uh, and this is actually proven too. Like most of the things, uh, it's proven that 90% of the things that we worry about actually never happens. It's just our brain that goes on like a, a crazy tangent and it, it just like goes on all those what if statements uh what is something that could ever become a problem um so what if like and this is <laughs> this is huge in the horse riding world like i talk a lot of a lot of my clients and a lot of people that i talk to they talk about a lot about what ifs 
So what if my horse spooks? What if there's a water mat during the competition? What if there's a trachiner? What if my bridle breaks? What if I forget my course? What if I don't get my distances right? There's so many what ifs. And honestly, like you can drive yourself, yourself insane like this. Um, there, there, there's always another what if. But but let's let's be honest. Like you're not gonna make yourself feel any better by thinking in all those scenarios. And you know, I can just take an example from one of my very first eventing competitions when I was away like for an entire weekend. Like I basically had double sets of everything. Like I had double bridles. I had double saddle pads for each of the different like jumping dressage. Uh, cross country all the different ones i think i had like five numbers like those numbers that you put on the horse because what if like what if i forget one what if i lose one what if i need to lend one to someone else it was yeah it was just ridiculous but really what it is is just our brain that it, it really doesn't have anything better to focus on so it just like keeps on looking for potential scenarios that could become a threat that could become a danger so basically what we want to be doing we want to be intentional of what problems that we put inside of our brains. Because our brain is also going to keep on processing those problems into eternity until it finds an answer. So we need to be intentional with what problems that we put inside of our brain. And when I say problem, really what I mean is question in this instance. So you want to be asking yourself, you want to be asking your brain better question and and really what i'm doing here i'm actually going into point three here and this is what you can do about it it's what you can do about the fact that your brain is putting yourself in the suffer state how you can take control of it how can you can make sure that you actually spend a lot more more of your time in the feel-good state so as i already said you can you can literally use this problem solving capacity that your brain has you can actually use it to your advantage by feeding it the right problems by feeding it the right questions, by asking it questions that you actually want the answer to, answers that are going to make you feel good. So in its simplest form, what, what this looks like. So rather than allowing your brain to automatically focus on what are all the things that can go wrong, you set your brain to focus on what are all the things that can go right. Because... If you look at it, like if you, if you ask yourself the question, what are all the things that can go bad? You're going to like, yeah, start in those, all those what ifs. What if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? I can crush into this fence. I can do this and I can do that. I can fall off. Those are all things that can go bad. <laughs> and you're probably not going to feel very good thinking about those things. Well, if you ask yourself, what are all the things that can go right? And you start like saying those up. Oh yeah, I could I, like I could go really successfully through that water fence. I could get a really good time between those minute markers. I could do I, all the good things. Then I bet that is going to make you feel much better than if you talk about all those things that can go bad. So like as one of my mentors once said. Uh, his name is Rob Dial, by the way. He's uh, he's also called the Mindset Mentor. He's also got an amazing podcast called the Mindset Mentor. So if you haven't already listened to that, I would definitely advise you. It's not a question related, but it uh, it's it's all about mindset and all those hacks that I'm also talking about. But but he's got much more of it. Um, so if you're interested in mindset, I would definitely advise you to go and listen to that. But to to get back to what I was talking about, so what he once said was master this ability so this ability to to be able to steer your your brain to control it to feed it with the right kind of questions master this and you just got yourself a superpower because the thing is your brain as i already said it's going to keep on processing those things 
So like if you have a challenge in life or if you have a discussion, something that you're, you're, you don't quite know what to do it about, just ask your brain the right questions. Write it down. Ask yourself loud out like again and again and again. What, what I wanted to be doing this? What, what are, you know, just, just ask yourself the question specifically. You can do it, and it's really good to do actually if you do this before you go to bed because your subconscious is really active during night. So if you ask yourself this question during the night, your brain is really likely to keep on processing this during night. So any answer, like any questions you want answered, and, and again, make sure that it's a good question. So one with a positive answer. Any question you want answered, just, just feed it into your brain and it will keep on processing it for you. Now, something else that we can do to hijack our brain is something called a reticular activating system. And for those of you who go now, reticular what? Uh, it's called a reticular activating system and I'm going to explain it to you. So basically what this is, it's your brain's filtering system. So we all have a, this kind of filter in our brain. It's, uh, so, so really, when we go throughout the days, there is so many pieces of information. So there's about two, two trillion bits of information that happening around you, things that you could take notice of, but you don't because your reticular activating system is going to filter out most of those. 99% is just going to be filtered out even more because the only thing that's going to remain afterwards is like 200 bits of information. So it goes from 2 trillion bits of information to 200 bits of information. And what the brain is noticing, it's what it considers important. And remember, as I said, the thing that it's going to be noticing as important are things that has to do with your survival. So if other people die, if something really unexpected happens. But also what you've set your reticular activating system to focus on. So to first give you an example of something where your brain is noticing things due to like that something unexpected happened, something that is, is, is closely related to survival. So for example, when the Twin Towers went down, so most people, I don't know about you, but most people, we remember like literally that entire day, like where we were, sometimes even like the clothes we had on, like even we found out about it in the afternoon, somehow we remember that entire day, like exactly in detail what we did. Um, and, and the reason for this is because it was something really unexpected. It was something that had to do with death of people. It was something dramatic. Uh, and therefore, all of a sudden, our reticular activating system is starting to noticing all those things and remembering all those things because it was something really important to the brain. So, as I said, there's also another way to, to, to help your reticular activating system to filter things out uh, or to, to, to remember the right things. That's what I wanted to say. So, that's when you set it. And, and one way of setting it is, is actually a funny example. So, when you, for example, are looking for a trailer... Uh, and let's say you had this particular brand in mind. Let's say you want to buy an I for Williams trailer. So you've been looking at it online. You've been looking at, you've been going to, to like a dealer somewhere looking at those trailers. And all of a sudden you see I for Williams trailers everywhere. Like they pop up everywhere. It's like every single person in the world all of a sudden has an I for Williams trailer. Why is this? Like it's not that there are more I for Williams tra trailers out there than before, obviously, but you've set your brain to noticing those. You've set your reticular activating system to focus on those things, to, 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 to let those through the filter. Now you're probably thinking, okay, all good and well, Jocelyn, but how can I use this? So you can obviously use this also to make sure that your brain filters 
through things, allowing things to go through to you that are positive. So if we, if the goal here is to to put, to be in a feel good state for a bigger part of the day, you can simply simply set your reticular activating system to to let things through that are going to make you feel better. So two ways of doing this. The first way is gratitude. So this is a really simple exercise where you can do where you literally sit down every morning and you write down three things that you're grateful for. It can be anything. Like I'm grateful that I woke up today. Uh, it can be I'm grateful for my horses. I'm grateful. But like take this far and try to come up with new things every day. So just a simple like, like this takes five minutes. Just sit down and write down what you're grateful for. Because gratefulness is a really positive feeling. It's a really powerful feeling. So when you feel your, like when you focus on gratefulness in the morning, what you're grateful for, what you're going to do, you're going to ask yourself this question and your brain is going to keep on processing this, this question throughout the day. And all of a sudden, you're going to start to notice more things that you're grateful for. So because you're set your reticular activating system to noticing those things, you, it's going to be part of those 200 bits of information that is letting true to you. And that is going to make you feel a lot better. Something else you can do is to celebrate. To celebrate as much as you can, as often as you can. It's really the same principle. So by celebrating things throughout the day, you're going to start to notice more things which you can celebrate. So things that you've accomplished, things that you're proud of, something that you learn, just any sign that you've made progress, that you're getting closer to your goals. And what I do actually, I every evening before I go to bed, I take a pen and paper and I write thing one, down, one thing down that I'm proud of. And I write down one thing that I've learned that day, every single day. And the thing is, when you do this again, you, you know that you want to ask yourself that question in the evening and, and automatically throughout the day, you're going to start to look for things that, you, that you've learned, that, you've, that you can celebrate. And this, again, is going to make you feel shit love better than if you were to focus on all the things that went bad, if all the things that, that, that you don't have in your life. Because those will, frankly, lead to negative feelings. So, that's all I got for you for today. Uh, what I went through today was the fact that we have two states of being. We have a feel-good state, we have a suffer state. So, feel-good state are all the positive emotions. That we, that we can experience, so happiness, joy. And then we have a suffer state, which are all like negative emotions, so anxiousness, stress, worry. And the reason why we spend so much time in the suffer state is because our brain is set to survival. So it cares about survival and it will notice things that has to do with our survival. It will also ask yourself questions all the time, like what are all the things that could go wrong? What's a possible threat? You will step into all those what ifs. And this will give you answers that are not gonna, like it's going to make you feel bad. So what you want to do, and that's the third point we went through, you want to take control of your brain. You want to hijack your reticular activating system to notice things that makes you feel good. So you can do this by a, a daily gratitude exercise where you just write down three things that you're grateful for. You can do it by celebrating things. You can like, write, write down things in the evening which you want to celebrate, but you can also actually also do this throughout the day. So whenever you complete something, just like a, a simple fist bump, or you go like, yes, yes, I did that. Uh, just celebrate things. That's definitely going to make you feel a lot better. 
Now, seeing this is the end of the episode, and as always, I want to give you an action point. So what I want to ask you, what's one thing that you will do to ensure you spend more time in a feel-good state rather than a suffer state? What's that one thing? You don't have to do it all. Don't make things too complex. Uh, just think of one thing that you will start to do differently. I would love to hear what your one thing is going to be. So if you dare, let me know on Instagram. It's Jocelyn Lidino in one word. Also, you can just share this on your Instagram, actually. So this is actually amazing for, for accountability. So if you put up on your Instagram, like your new habit or that one thing that you're going to start doing, then also all those people that follow you can actually hold you accountable to it. So let me know, let your Instagram community or Facebook community know. And as always, I'm going to finish this episode off with challenging you to start making strides in your mindset so you can truly make strides in your writing. 